Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your first purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creasy, managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we get you all caught up on baseball. You know, just all let's let's take a deep breath, take a look at what has come before, what is to come next. We'll take a look at the Colorado Rockies first half, some of the big surprises, some of the maybe some of the disappointments, some of the standout things, and then we'll look ahead what we think it's going to look like for the rest of the season. We'll do a little bit of the same with Major League Baseball uh, wide, Patrick. But uh, first of all, just uh, how are you, man? It's just, what a week, huh? It's just a big deep breath. There's going to be more baseball again. They're, they're going to get back out and start playing. But uh, it not technically being the halfway point, it sure does feel like a great time to kind of reset and, and take another look at the baseball landscape. There's now, uh, for maybe only the second time ever in Colorado history, uh, a different type of course Field hangover. Because, <laughs> yeah. Totally. Still not sleeping, still kind of excited, still going through everything, wondering, did any American League players possibly transmit any viruses to us? Um, There's a little of that element, but uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a good reset point. Even having, you know, partaken in the All-Star break, which, you know, so many people don't and, and, and so many players obviously don't. Like, they... They, they enjoy that break, and you you don't blame them. They did get to reset. So even though our break may have, have just been Thursday, uh, that's okay. Let's let's go. It's baseball. It's, it's what we love. So let's, bring it on. Let's do the baseball. Let's do it, Patrick. All right, let's, let's get into these Colorado Rockies who had, as everyone listening to this knows, a remarkably entertaining uh, but altogether uh, pretty frustrating first half, obviously being very, very good at home being historically or close to historically bad on the road that remains to be seen i haven't checked the updated pace since they won three of their last four uh with their own pace for but uh you know the team doing what it is i think we know what that is right i, I think we've pretty much got the team down so really let's get into some of these individual performances yeah there there have been uh some some surprises uh some you know, relative disappointments, but uh, the Rockies have, have definitely had a lot of highlights they've provided since the opening day victory, since Cody Bellinger passed Justin Turner on a home <laughs> run and got a outside the park ground rule single, single. and a cat ran around oh, and yeah, took the world over by yeah. storm. A lot has actually yeah. happened since then. Right. Um, and we, yeah, we made some predictions at the, at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think that have been pretty fair. This will be one of the better graphics that we're going to end up showing. Right. We're going to feel let's good start, about it and then yeah, progressively let's, worse. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the good ones. Let's start with what we did well here. Yeah, team wins, 66 for me, 70 for you. They're right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens, even with a, a trade of a, a Trevor story. We'll see if, if they completely unload any and everybody that you expect them to or, or players who are free agents after this year or free agents after next year. You know that could that could skew it in in the wrong direction for both of us. I did just publish something on the DNVR.com about the trade deadline. Some of the guys you could see move, but we're we're right there in the wheelhouse. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the team that looked like a hundred loss team on the road doesn't appear to be a hundred loss team overall, and that's ultimately how you lose a hundred games. It's you're not very good for you know two thirds of the game games in an entire season yeah and the Rockies are great at home so they they really shouldn't have to worry about that yeah um there's a lot you know to that I I think you're right I think the trade deadline is going to be the big determining factor between whether or not they can get to the 70 that I predicted or they fall to your 66 or even shorter than that if they do the full teardown which I don't think too many people expect them to I do think they're going to sell they're also, remember, as we talked about, and, and my biggest reason for picking them to win 70 games and taking them to, to finish fourth there in the NL West ahead of the Diamondbacks, which I had, was the quality of their starting pitching, right? That has more or less been borne out. And 
as you know, we, we think about what the Rockies are likely to lose at the trade deadline, there is also the one big thing that they're going to get back here in the second half, and that's Austin Gomber. And then they've got the rest of that starting pitching looking pretty good. So I think that's, again, it's what keep your keeps your head afloat in baseball. That's how you steal games. That's how you end up winning a series in San Diego against the Padres that you probably shouldn't because three pitchers go out and, and are really, really good. And the other guys go cold for a second. You get one. So if the starting pitching continues to be solid, I think they'll continue to not be total bottom dwellers, even if they sell hard at the deadline. Yeah. Right now with the, the big series win in San Diego, uh, coupled with a, a win against the, the D backs, the going three and three on the road, what they're, they're six and four in their, their last 10 games. Hey, what? that's not so bad. Right. Uh, they are on pace for about 69 uh, wins right now oh, okay let's let's be adults about this all right uh <laughs> where are they going to finish and that's yeah that's as uh, just as much to do with the rockies as it does the rest of the division i said i mean yeah they're they're going to be in last place there's a couple of really good teams in the division i i like the veteran presence of the giants not enough to pick them to win the division not enough to even make the postseason <laughs> right. they were way better than what i had expected but i thought yeah arizona does have a better team than colorado and uh right now and I, I don't have to say right now. I, I think it's pretty safe that the Rockies are, they're 14 and a half games ahead of the D backs. There's no way that's happening. So I'm going to, I'm already going to give you that victory there because you had them pegged for fourth place in the NL West. Yeah, that was one. I think where like my internet, I remember getting booted from that podcast for a second and you and Michaela talking about how much better the Diamondbacks lineup was than the Rockies. I remember coming back in like way too hot, like just like, go, what are you, what are you, you got, uh, <laughs> uh, who, there was one specific person, uh, I can't, was it their shortstop? And I was like, stop it. Nick Ahmed is, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's more a defensive first, but yeah. Okay. And I was just like, stop. When once when Nick Ahmed's like the third or fourth guy you've mentioned here with like that lineup's not too bad. So I will I will on that one. But I'm also the injuries have played a massive role in that. And if the Rockies were as injured as the Diamondbacks are, and vice versa, it, it would be flipped. In the- That's why you play the games. That's yep. why you play the games. All right. We each said there was going to be two all-stars. And we probably could split that up and figure out how between Bud Black, Trevor Story, and the one all-star they really had (laughs) in Trevor Story is two. Uh, I mean, you get get a half a point for the Derby, obviously. We all know that. And when you've got someone on the coaching staff, another half point. Clearly. Yeah. uh, I I don't – you know, I I think – I think I probably just went – Story and, and and McMahon, if I remember exactly, those would probably been the two guys I would have guessed would have made it. Because again, look, as much as we know Marquez, uh, Grace, and Zatella, Freeman, Freeland, how they're all, you know, um, some of the best at what they do, and and when on their game, they their names in the conversation as you know one of the top ten starting pitchers. So hey, if if things go their way, they can be an all star, obviously, but. The history of the franchise there just typically hasn't been right you you could have a 3.75 era and have teams drooling over you which essentially all of mlb is right now with herman marquez and they don't even get a sniff and so for for marquez to uh, have gotten that acknowledgement is is great to know that you don't have to have you know a low three or a sub three era and be acknowledged you know by your peers or by mlb that's that's pretty great yeah, I've been big on taking a pitcher, but non-specifically the last couple of years to make the – I figured they were due for one, and these guys have been so good, and I had seen a little bit of the shifting in this nationally, uh, the narrative, especially around Marquez. And so, But I still I, – I don't know that I would have I, – I believe my prediction was story and a pitcher. You may um, have said Bard. This is just coming back to me. Okay. Which, yeah. which, which was it? Sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid pick. Is right. again any with relievers. Look, it worked for Greg Holland. Yeah, he was an all star. Yep. That can be and was sometimes. not a bad pick. I, yeah. I like. Yeah, I, I, I like where you're coming from. Been their guy a couple of times. Ottavino wasn't, but should have been. Uh, sure. You know, so I, I had that kind of in mind there. So I think you're, I think you're right. Um, but close on that, I will say they were very very close to having two all stars. We talked about all sure. their, you know almost the you know the ryan mcmahon and trevor story and and those guys being pretty close in there and 
maybe even if John Gray or Austin Gomber don't get hurt when they do, or even Kyle mm-hmm. Freeland. Look, I mean, look at what he's done since he's been healthy. He missed the first, you know, month and a half, almost two months of the season. So there, there were a couple other guys who've played almost at that level or at that level, but for not long enough. And so, but we'll, we'll take it. I mean, yeah. They had plenty of guys that were on the cusp, you know, at a certain point, it's funny when McMahon, when McMahon started to kind of go downhill, that's when the questions are like, well, actually now who's going to be their all-star. And then there were a few candidates. We'll see who catches fire. And right. her man was the one who, who absolutely caught fire. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the war leader uh, for pitchers, I took Marquez, you took Senzatella. We'll see what happens. Eesh. In uh, in the second half, uh, that one, yeah, you know, Sensatella was really great last year, and uh, I think he's going to have a better second half than 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 first half. But this one, this one could be this. This is another runaway here. We might have to just yeah, lock right. this you, one in as well. <laughs> you're, you, yeah, you're killing me on that one for sure. <laughs> and uh, same thing for hitters, uh, the WAR leaders. We both took Ryan McMahon, and he's I think he might be third right now on the team. Do we know? I, I, I CJ Crone is fifth, let me look and up, yeah. maybe maybe challenging uh, to potentially uh, surpass McMahon at at some point. Um, you know, Story definitely stepped things up a lot in the final couple weeks leading into the Derby, and you know, potentially an, an All Star uh, nomination. Uh, Tapia is is a little bit behind there at at one point two wins above replacement according to Fangraph. So McMahon's number two right now, and if story does get traded, there you go. Hey, and and, and I know that that was yeah, that was part of the the conversation and discussion when you think about what the team's gonna do in the second half and the the big picture. Look, if you don't have your best player, well then that's gonna change, you know, who who leads the team in home runs, right, you know, war, all that stuff. Um and I'm almost surprised to see this. I'll have to double check the home run leader. I stuck with Trevor Story. All right, okay. I guess I'm, I'm okay with that. I guess yeah, I, uh, it'll be tough that, now. It's going to be tough now. Although you know, one of the other uh, predictions, and, and, and we won't we won't talk about those exactly, but we did things about you know, will will Gray get traded? We both said no. Uh, a few few other guys, uh, but I said at the beginning of the season how I saw the tea leaves playing out. That yeah, you know what? I would not be surprised if Trevor Story did not get traded. And I said I said no. Um, we all know he should, we all know that he very well could, um, that look, you, you can beat, uh, uh, a supplemental draft pick. You can, you can beat, uh, the 45th overall pick, you know what I mean? Uh, in next year's draft for a qualifying offer and whatnot, but I just thought they wouldn't get it done. I think there's still definitely some truth to that. Um, but stories, you know, he's going to have to stick around for the entirety of the season. This one definitely is, is, uh, most likely to go to you in Ryan McMahon, uh, as he does lead the team right now with 16 home runs. Yeah. And I was just double checking too on uh baseball reference war, which, um, I'm slightly different. It's a little bit more, uh, Ryan McMahon is second on the team, but first in position players at a 2.7 he's behind. Wow. Marquez at 3.0 and and ahead of Story at 2.0. Rymel Tapia there in fourth place at the 1.5, just ahead of CJ Crone in his 1.4. Oddly enough, Garrett Hampson with positive 1.3. Got to imagine that vast majority of that is coming from his defense. Same thing with Joshua Fuentes is 1.2, but uh, not a whole lot <laughs> from there. But yeah, I, I feel confident about McMahon either way going forward in both the war and home run categories there i think that's gonna bear out for him i don't know that we specified before the season maybe we gave ourselves that opportunity so that we can both um, well i guess we both took mcmahon but still it's like yeah well well we'll take baseball reference if that says that we were right and we'll take fan graphs if that says we were right yeah didn't didn't go in that that deep right because that's something that fans probably might not realize is that uh, baseball reference and fan graphs they each have their own formula for valuing yeah. the win above a replacement level player right it's, it's basically just a concept more than anything and yet here we've got these quote-unquote tried and true statistics and yet it's a concept you know yeah. you and i if we were you know spent enough time and, and dedicated to it we could do something similar uh it might not be as good it might have uh more variations than than fan graphs and, and baseball reference because on fan graphs ryan mcmahon is at 1.7 
baseball reference is at 2.7. So like, yeah. that's kind of a, a big chasm. And yeah, you know that if you're, if you're trying to swing a trade, you go, well, how do I value this guy? Right. Yeah. And so each organization will have their own varied metric to, to try to figure out that, that actual value. So yeah, we, we can probably just, we'll spin it however we would like to, because it's a, it's a friendly wager between you and I. So, right. So that, that'll work out nicely. We do then toast our Breck brews and Celsius on this day to everyone uh, there who's doing good work for the Colorado Rockies, their top war players. They're toasting those Breck brews and Celsius down at the bar. You'll get a much bigger one if you're a subscriber and you should subscribe because not only do you get the big beer, well, you get access to all the written content. We constantly are getting discounts on hats and shirts. You get to hang out in our discord channel where we're talking sports 24 seven, also movies and TV and cooking and anything and everything under the sun, having a good time. Come be a part of the family. Subscribe to the DNVR.com. If you get the annual right now, we'll send a free shirt out your way from the DNVR locker. All kinds of good stuff. Many, many fun reasons to become a member of the family today. Also, many, many fun reasons to become Manscaped. You know, use your imagination. But seriously, fellas, it is 2021. There's really no excuse especially in these scorching hot summers, not to be manscaped. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for anyone taking care of you in every way you can think of. You're going to feel better. You're going to smell better. You're going to be better if you're manscaped. Get manscaped, and you can also get uh, some fantastic well, a fantastic deal, some fantastic deal. <laughs> but I would come back from the, I went back to the Thursday, and you get some fantastic deal there, kiddos, when you use promo code DNVR at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping with DNVR. That's some fantastic deal at manscaped.com. Uh, do, do like trim it up, fellas, like spritz it down. Get it taken care of. If you want to be taken care of, you got to take care of yourself. You got to get Manscaped. Use the promo code. Well, it's uh, it's no surprise that everyone out there is is enjoying their Manscaped lawnmowers 4.0 or 4.0s. Lawnmower 4.0s. Something along that. But there's also been a couple. <laughs> lawnmower could be lawnmower 4.0. There there are other surprises with the Rockies. Some good, some bad. And we've got some takeaways on that. Three surprises so far in the first half. Drew, you and I agree on two of them. And most folks that are watching probably have similar takeaways. The Probably the biggest surprise of the season. Only because we didn't know what the Rockies were getting. There was, there was a hope. Still unproven. Still you know, figuring out, you know, he'd been used as a reliever a bit last year after being a starter all throughout the minors, a high level draft pick, but it just kind of hadn't, you know, entirely come to fruition. Uh, talked about throwing a curveball on the moon and, you know, doing the same thing in, at Coors Field, which is closest thing we have to a, a moon ballpark, a moon based uh, stadium. Right, right. And, and that's Austin Gomber, a huge surprise. You know, in the running for an all-star, and really if he hadn't gone on the IL, you know, he may have been able to challenge Hermen Marquez. It was really, you know, Gomber going on the IL, then Marquez nearly throwing the no-hitter at home at Coors Field that kind of pushed his stock up and, and above and beyond uh, along with uh, the next couple starts after that. So Gomber's been a, been a huge surprise, welcome surprise, one that even if the second half, you know, go slightly off the rails or maybe is disappointing in comparison, you saw the potential there. It's like Kyle Freeland's 2018 season. You go, wow, this is something. 2019 happens, you can go, this is awful. But don't forget, not many guys can do what Kyle Freeland did in 2018. And not too many guys have had the success that Austin Gomber have had, even for a shorter period of time. Uh, they haven't had that success. So knowing that that's in there and capable of, uh, and he's capable of doing that, considering that he still has, I think, four more years of control beyond this season. He's going to be around for a while. It's very promising to know that, okay, this guy, if we can, if he can keep it together for an entirety of a season, he could be the fifth Rockies pitcher to garner a vote in National League Cy Young Award voting. Yeah. There was something um, uh, 
so I'm working on, I'm basically 90% done with a piece that I've shelved for a little bit in anticipation of when Gomber comes back and it's uh, more relevant. And I want people to check, check this whole thing out, but I really do think, you know, he's got the DNA for it. He, he has all the right things that you need to be successful here and to have shown them right away was not what I was expecting at all. That's just not how it goes here. I can only think of two starting pitchers in the history of the Colorado Rockies. Now, this is my recollection of the Colorado Rockies, which while I was alive during the 90s and watching them, I was a child. So I'm going to think somewhere around 2000, 2001, I'm thinking back to what I remember, guys that showed up right away and just were good. One was Jason Jennings, and that didn't end up turning into a you know great career, but he had a, he had still had a pretty nice career, did Jason Jennings? Solid career. And the other was Ubaldo Jimenez. He's the only other guy that showed up, and now it's different because he had dominant stuff, but just looked as comfortable and natural throwing the baseball at Coors Field and not getting rattled and pitching his game and not caring who was at the plate and occasionally making really good hitters look positively silly, despite the fact that he's dealing with being a rookie. Essentially, he's not technically being a, a first-time starting pitcher who's, who's his first full season of baseball and all the Coors Field stuff. And he just is out there pitching like he's in the backyard. And that, to me, is huge. So, yeah, I, I've... I've been blown away by what we've seen from Gomer. Like you said, there wasn't much to sink our teeth into. We went and grabbed scouting reports and, you know, get on the fan graphs and baseball reference pages. You're looking at what he did in the minors. And I like that he didn't walk people. That was always, that was like the first thing I went to. He doesn't walk guys. And we've seen that bear out here over the last couple of months where his strikeout to walk ratio has been obscene. Uh, and But you just don't know. Until a guy gets out there and does it, especially at Coors Field, you just don't know. And for him to dominate there the way he has, yeah. Yeah, it's it it definitely helps Colorado with the way he came over too. You know, going going on and going forward. Uh yeah, no, they uh, Daniel Murphy, they decided to not pick up his option and then they acquired Austin Gomber. And you go, mm, I don't know. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm referencing. All right. The other guy that we had uh, as being a big surprise and and Drew Goodman talked about it last week on our podcast is Jonathan Daza, a guy who, you know, seemed like he was a fourth outfielder at best was a guy that was pretty much, you know, a Brendan Rogers injury away from not making the opening day roster yeah. and, and, and having, you know, him lost to a, another team potentially or going back down to AAA and he's inserted himself as, you know, the, the starting center fielder for now. We'll, we'll see if he's a start, you know, starting center fielder of the future, or at least the next couple of years here, we will see, but it's surprising to think that Daza is the one not only on the Rockies, but flourishing in Colorado, but that Sam Hilliard is the one that's trapped in yeah. AAA. Yeah, stunning. That, that's, that's the double surprise there, absolutely, because I, I definitely would have leaned toward Hilliard, who has the more exciting potential raw skill set with all the power there. And you know, as we've talked about over and over again, you're just not going to get pop out of Jonathan Daza. It comes in those sinker low and in, and he turns on it. You might get one. That's it. And but beyond that, and, and again, uh, not to, it's just you're setting me up here. You're throwing these pitches. I'm going to go ahead and swing at it. Got a Daza piece that's been in the works for a little while as well, which is less he's the center fielder of the future and more this is an experiment the Rockies have needed to do for a very long time and haven't been able to do, one, because they haven't necessarily had the personnel, and two, because the personnel – oftentimes conflicted with the offense that they desperately needed in 17 and 18 when they were trying to compete, stuff like that. Go out and get Billy Hamilton. Uh, he'll roam center field, and that'd be great, but it can't get on base, right? And so this year in this experiment, let's see what happens year, they throw Daza out there eventually. You know, he wasn't on my Lost Boys list. Like you said, he, he got you know, DFA. He was off the roster in the offseason. Um and to go out there and say, okay, now he's just making enough contact that 
his offense, they, they've actually had to kind of ride him and put him there in the in the second spot. We'll see how long that lasts. But the defense has been so good in center field that at least now you've got a little while and it starts to make, why did they draft this Benny Montgomery? Why are they into these, you know, alongside Zach Veen and these super speedy, lanky outfielders and stuff? It didn't work out for Sam Hilliard, but if it can work out for Dawson and showing you what it can be, I think he's been a revelation defensively for them. And so, you know, it's, yeah, for 10 years, I've wanted them to have, an elite defensive center fielder to see what kind of impact it can have on the run prevention game, how much help it can do for the pitchers. And of course it happens in this year where it's not going to make a difference in the standings, but we're learning a lot about not just Daza. If he can do it great fun for a while, but at the very least we're seeing the value of what a player like him, then you get the better version and then you're in business. And now's the, now's the perfect time to experiment, right? Because you don't you don't know if it definitively is going yeah. to work or not. It, right. And it seems to obviously there's obvious benefits to that. Like you know, to your point, like you're you're right. Like let's get an elite defender out in center field and see how that changes the game. And so far, you know, uh, it, it's hard for the naked eye to pick up that change in the game. It's just that extra step that you get to a baseball that you wouldn't have previously, and you go, oh yeah, well he hit it to the gap, right? And Daza's you know, getting to some of those baseballs. I think we've even seen it where he's lined up kind of in right center. The ball goes out to left center. He tracks it down. So uh, it's something that's going to take time. But you, this is when you experiment. It's yeah. it's almost like the the six-man rotation that they worked on where they were piggybacking, you know, six starters where they each would split up a game. Okay, that didn't work. But that's when you want to do it, when you yeah. can kind of admit like, all right, we got to figure out the next thing. We got to figure out – how we can use Coors Field to our advantage. Let's make it a home field advantage. And, you know, Rockies were able to kind of crack that code a little bit, and we we think they've cracked it. I, I think they've cracked it. We could find out if this is just maybe a special class of pitchers that they've assembled, and maybe maybe they don't have the recipe, but it does appear that they have the recipe of Let's 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 have them get the crap beat out of them a little bit down in the minors to see how mentally tough they are because they are going to need yeah. that toughness, that yeah. mental fortitude to be successful at Coors Field. That does seem like the recipe that that will work continuing going forward, and not just this special class of pitchers. So they figured that out. Now is the time to experiment and do other things like that. And you're absolutely right. Daza allows them that that bit of experimentation to figure out this is a way that we can do some more little things well so that the big things like winning a ball game and not giving up, you know, bases clearing double allows us to, to, to take care of those bigger things and right. win some ball games. And I do like Mark and Sean both pointing out here in the comments that Hilliard and Connor Joe are, are really hot in triple a right now. But I, I, I have like said, people have sent, been sending me and I, and I love that for Hilliard. I, I really hope his story is not over because the tools are just, exploding out of that guy but you can't strike out 35 percent of the time so it's been nice to see him lock in if he can lock it in a bit everyone should be rooting for sam hilliard so no doubt and uh another guy i think folks are rooting for i've got one more positive surprise you've got one maybe a little less so it's my third surprise of the first half and it's been a little bit shorter it's brendan rogers now it seems as if He's figured it out, right? He's he's a big league player now. We'll we'll see if he's really ascending to that next level. You know, for the the past month, he's been one of the better players in all of MLB. Not best, but one of the better players. You know, he's especially if you look at second baseman in in all of baseball since June fifth. He's been towards the top of that that list. You know, uh, speaking with Bo Bichette about him, that you know, yeah, he's finally coming into his own. He's finally healthy. He's finally has enough pieces, you know, to put together. And as much as Ryan McMahon appears to be the, the next guy uh, up to be uh, the star or the face of the team, and I think that'll right. still be the case, Brendan Rodgers has now, you know, finally entered that fray. He's got a long way to go until people are talking about him the way people have been talking about Ryan McMahon really for the past two years. He's got a way to go for that, but I think he's entered that and, you know, he was hurt. So, you know, what are you going to do? Just comes back uh, towards the uh, third week of, of May and, you know, he's scraping along for a couple weeks. He's healthy. He's back. He's feeling good and he's performing very well. And so I think he's, 
he kind of rounds out the the first half positive surprises. A couple other guys like, hey, have been good, maybe a little bit better than expected, but not uh, as we love to say, move the needle enough. But Brendan Rodgers, he's moved that needle. Yeah, yeah, I I like that take for sure. I considered Brendan Rodgers for this. I I backed out because I've been because you hate him. Just say it. You hate him. No. <laughs> uh, because I, I actually, for, for obviously the exact opposite reason, right? Because it's not that much of a surprise to me. I've, I've been expecting True. Brendan Rodgers to show up and be good. And, and and it wasn't a first half. It was a month. Uh, right. Not as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do think there's a lot more in there. I, I think we're going to see, you know, a, a potentially pretty great second half out of him. Uh, and I do think that by the end of the season, it's going to be very easy to classify Brendan Rodgers as, at least from the consensus standpoint, as a big su- positive surprise for the Rockies, because I think most, not, well, I don't know if I can say most people, I don't know how we're defining most. I think, I do think it was the consensus around Rockies media and fandom that Brendan Rodgers just wasn't going to work out. Um, and so it looks like, you know, he's going to surprise that particular expectation. Yeah, I don't know if people didn't think it was going to work out. I think it was more of the the context of, hey, that third overall pick did not work out, and sure. and, and we know Which like you can't keep those exactly, how, you can't keep right. those labels on. People right. have said that about John Gray for right. the, the half of his tenure with the Rockies, and you go, right. look, you get a pick, it's a lottery ticket to many degrees. Um, you look at this last year's draft, Henry Davis goes one overall, not because he's the best. That's right. the strange thing about baseball, unlike all the other drafts. It's it's not who's best. It's who works out for the money, who's a good fit in your organization, looking ahead three, four, or five years down the road, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, people people were re- – I'll say this. People definitely were ready to totally brush Brendan Rodgers aside. You're right. There were less people on the Rodgers bandwagon than that were on the – no, no, he's, he's got it. So, Part of that yeah. is me picking on uh, former Denver Bronco Ryan Harris and Josh Dover on Altitude every time I would go on there and I would start talking about the Lost Boys and I'd rattle off a list of names. I'd throw Brennan Rogers in there. They'd go, Drew, stop, stop it, Rod, stop it. <laughs> so maybe that was a list, maybe weighing on me a little heavier than the rest of it. it a pick on those guys particularly. Love that go. show, by the way. Call them out by name. That's how you do it. Um, and you've got to call somebody else out by name, don't you, here? As a not-so-big first-half surprise, huh? Yeah. Surprise yeah, for the I, wrong reasons. So, and, I, and I'm calling out myself here. And, and again, this is about surprise of your own expectations, right? I had very high expectations for Antonio Sensatella coming into this season. As you saw in the graphic earlier, I took him to be the Rockies' best pitcher. I actually thought he had a chance to kind of surprise and you know take advantage of, of not being the top guy and his stuff was so good last year and, and he was so locked in and it it was a, an obvious natural evolution for him and I just didn't see this step back coming. All that said, Sens has been fine. Yeah. Uh, a 458 ERA, he's right at exactly a 100 ERA plus. So you know he's been right about league average and you know then he's been able to pick up some innings so that helps with uh you know the, the war and, and all those things i do see he's given up uh more hits than anybody else in the national league right now so and and that again it's just like mm, i you know the the strikeout stuff i wasn't expecting him to become a dominant strikeout pitcher but he'd always been kind of like a five to six strikeouts per game guy who really had to work the fastball get the ground balls and i thought we were in for a permanent bump up to around eight, you know, not, not, not a, never going to be a double digit. It's not going to be those kinds of guys, but that, that he could really get some solid strikeouts and, and dominate some games. I was looking for, you know, 120 to 130 ERA plus type of season out of him. Um, and, and it hasn't been there. He's been for what his job is the fourth man in the rotation. Fine. Perfectly acceptable. But I'm so, and I, and I'm not quite sure what it is there too, because the curveball, the breaking stuff remains improved. The fastball actually has gotten better. His fastball is, is like sitting now on 98, which is like, what in the world is going on? So, I, uh, I don't know if there's what, if there's a decision making, if he's not choosing the right pit, if it's a game plan thing. Um, 
mm, just a little bit. There, there was so much more in there. Instead, he's kind of reverted back to being the league average pitcher he's been for most of his career. He's been a little unlucky. You know, uh, one statistic that I, I, I love looking at, and especially if you play fantasy sports, when it comes to pitchers, looking at uh, expected fielding independent pitching. So no, no. there's there's uh, actually a correlation with your earned run average and just looking at the three true outcomes, looking at right. how many, you know, the things that the pitchers essentially can control. They can control walking a guy. They can control striking out a guy, right, if, they, if they've got really good stuff. Right. And they can control just leaving a baseball right over the heart of the plate or throwing in a guy's happy zone and giving up a home run. Just looking at those three things, there's a formula that you can figure out like, hey, did were the outcomes did the outcomes actually match what this player did? And so far this season, Sensatel's been a little unlucky. His expected yeah. um FIP fielding independent pitching is, is 4.17. Whereas last year he had a 3.1 a 3.44 ERA, but his expected fielding independent pitching was 4.81. So he almost was a little bit lucky last season. Even though he looked brilliant again, that start against Zach Grinke was fantastic and but you, you saw all the elements of a guy who was ready to take the next step. And a lot of his numbers, his strikeouts per nine are up. It's, it's up one whole right. extra strikeout. His, his walks per nine is actually down a quarter of a walk per nine. He's given up less home runs than last season. So those are indicators to say he's actually been a little bit better. But you're right. The results haven't been there and haven't like correlated. And yeah. he's still been, uh, according to Fangraphs, the second best starting pitcher on the Rockies, but from what you saw last season, there's indicators to go, this is another one of those lost boys, another one of those younger guys ready to take a next step. And like you said, you were expecting more and because you did, you have, we haven't gotten that from him. And, and I did expect more too. I did think that that was coming again this year. You go, mm, that's a surprise for a wrong reason. Not, not awful, not detrimental, just, Hmm. You know what? Would have loved to have seen you and Mark a little bit more of him and Marquez yeah. doing the things together rather than Marquez being the one who just totally takes off. And and I'm going to try to find this because, um, you know, to my eye test and, and that. We got you back, Drew. Go ahead. Okay. I think so the eye test. Savant, I, I believe baseball savant just froze the crap out of my computer is what happened there because I was looking up. I was able to get the information and come right back, though, uh, to confirm my eye test that Senza is giving up uh, more hard contact. Um, that, and, and so it's, you know, the, you're, you're right. Fielding independent pitching, very, very important. But that's one of the things that can lean it in either direction. Why is he giving up more hits? Is it just because his defense – Hasn't been good behind him. That seems unlikely unless he was had more Crone games than Fuentes games, stuff like that. Maybe more games earlier in the season could be the defense. But otherwise, Rocky's defense has been very, very good. So it seems unlikely. Maybe ball's just in the wrong place. Unlucky. Uh, but also the hard contact is is part of why he's, he's given up 111 hits. He's a 20th percentile in terms of average exit velocity and and max i think was close to that again baseball savant just froze my computer but i was just because i was like I, I feel like he's left a few more pitches over the middle of the zone and when you're throwing harder which he is uh those balls are going to leave the bat harder as well so yeah but it, well we can get into this when we get to the next part <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah 35 percent hard hit rate last year 39 percent this year so you're right that's mm -hmm. It's it's when you give it up. It's it's like leaving you know runners stranded. It's 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 a skill to a degree, and yeah, uh, Sensatella hasn't benefited from that. So uh, those are our surprises. Let's kind of go the other way and yeah. and and say who's going to turn it around? Who's going to maybe be our second half surprises? And I don't think for the most part we have uh, we got different guys on our list. Good, good. good. Uh, number number one for me, and and this one might not be a. This this one's cheating, like uh, like like you did with with uh, surprises uh, to a degree. You said uh, is is Kyle Freeland. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. We've okay. seen him be better in his last few starts since coming. 
back from the IL and, and almost making rehab starts at the big league level. We know he did it in Albuquerque officially, but then he comes up and you go, hey, what's the better option? Kyle Freeland at 85, 90%, still feeling out some things, still working on some things and not entirely back to where he can compete to the best of his abilities or our number seven starter, essentially, right? Yeah. He's the number six guy. He's they're, they're currently using him in the rotation. So yeah, let's go with Freeland. So he's looked a lot better. I think he's going to have uh, a much better second half. He's going to turn it around, continue to build on success, you know, similar to uh, to some other guys who have, have gone into the break doing really well. A lot, a lot of players actually in the month of July, uh, this entire month when the, when the temperature is heated up, yeah. the Rockies have improved. And I think Freeland's going to lead that group. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I agree with you. I think he's in for a big half. My first pick is actually very similar in that vein where it's a, it's I'm cheating twice actually with this one because first That's I'm, okay. taking, I'm taking two players because I'm going to say the Rockies catching tandem. And it's also a but little better. I like that better because yeah. with Diaz, we know you're cheating. Because Diaz, right. Like is, I'm is cheating with Freeland. Freeland. He's sneaking in Dom Nunez, cheeky. Yeah. I love it. Tell and, me why. The second half, the catchers are going to be one of the bigger turnaround stories for the Rockies. Yeah. So even including what Diaz has done lately, you know, I, I think the exhaustion of everything just got to Dom Nunez not having a minor league season last year, being a rookie, being thrown into the starting role all of a sudden when you were expecting to catch once every four days, all of a sudden now you're catching every day but one a week. And, uh, you know, he got off to – such a hot start. I think that <clears throat> rose his expectations of himself and what everyone was thinking he could do. And uh, as this guy really arrived and it just didn't, you know, it, it happens that way. Uh, he, he ended up having a pretty tough first half. But I think the talent is there. I think again, like you get to reset you get to take some of the pressure off yourself. Now that Diaz has been doing so well and you can go out and just kind of play your game a little bit. And there's all the things I've always been talking about getting experience at the big league level, learning about the hangover effect, getting more used to that. And when you can step away for a few days during an all-star break and kind of reset in your brain, okay, what have I learned? What have I done? What can I do? I think those are some of the guys who get the most benefit of that, the young growing players. And I think both Diaz and Nunez have shown a ton of signs that they're getting there, but not there yet. And so I, um, yeah, I expect this Diaz thing to stick a little bit and him for him to have a very, very solid second half and for Nunez to come around and, and really prove to be um, a, a very capable hitter at the big league level where at times he's looked just totally lost. So, yeah. Oh, you're muted. All right. I've got uh, – we might as well continue to just oh. cheat here. Why not? Let's yeah, continue uh, to cheat. I, I got two guys. I got two veterans that I think uh, I kind of have tied for the final spot uh, in turnarounds. Charlie Blackman and Chris Owings. Now, I don't necessarily think they're going to have right. huge second halves. I just think they're going to be a little bit more consistent. Charlie's for Owens, I should have thought of that. Yeah, Charlie, yeah. <laughs> for Owens, it's going to be just being healthy, right? It's going to be yeah. consistent. Uh, he's a guy that, again, in the piece that just went up uh, this morning on the DNVR.com, he's a he's a trade candidate, but the organization loves him. They should love him, right? He's uh, he's doing the super utility thing, much like Garrett Hampson. Yes, you can have two super utility players. You can have three even, right? And sure. When Jonathan Daza gets hurt, okay, Hampson's your center fielder, period. Yeah. Right? Period. That's fine. That's why having a few of those guys that can play all around are so valuable. So I think they'd love to have him back next year. They can trade him and still sign him again in free agency. Like That's not right. crazy. But they could also just say, you know what, maybe let's not not chance that and – uh, let's 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 keep him around for the the remainder of the season. I also don't think you're going to get back a lot anyway. So wherever I think, he is, though, I think he's yeah. I think I like that. I like that pick for Owings. Yeah, and for Blackman, yeah, just just a tick better. You know, we he started off the season slowly, heated up. You know, kind of leveled off. You know, just a little bit, and uh, I, I think. He's, he's going to, you know, bring a little more stability to the lineup. I think Rogers kind of reemerging, maybe once the story business gets settled that, you know, we'll see a, a more of a taste of Chuck of old, maybe not the superstar Charlie of old, but the, the veteran that is just consistent yeah. 
and just really, you know, just tabulates those numbers in the middle of the lineup. You know, there's there's no pressure on him where, again, in the first half of the season, I, I think there is a certain amount of pressure regardless, maybe to prove people wrong uh, in other years to try to, you know, make a postseason push or to say, hey, look, we really are contenders. This second half of the season, we know that the Rockies are not going up. And so I think that's just going to take a lot of pressure off. So I think both those two guys, Blackman and Owings, a little bit more stable, and they'll they'll turn it around to the point where you look back on the, on their season and go, yeah, they had they had really good to to above average seasons for those guys. Yeah, no, I like that, uh, and I also wonder if Charlie, after a, a down year with the stick, a little bit, especially if the next CBA does have universal DH in it, will evolve on that position and say, you know. Maybe with all these young guns running around with Daza and Hampson and if Hilliard's going to figure it out a little bit, Tapia doing his thing, maybe another outfielder of Brenton Doyle's there along the, the you know, coming up here before too long. And Blackman goes, you know, maybe that DH thing actually isn't such a bad idea. I'd be very curious to see that because uh, he ain't done, folks. Like, there's more in that bat. And, and I think you're right. There's some old man Charlie Blackman moments in front of us is what I'm trying to say. The tough, gritty old man who can't run like he used to and can't play in the field anymore, but can still come up with those big moments with the bat. So like yeah, that. we we know while he may not be an all-star caliber guy here now, going you know for the next uh, two more seasons beyond this, he right he's going to provide those feel-good moments. And again, we'll we'll see what what happens this off-season at the trade deadline. There's nobody really that's going to change the outlook of the organization to the point that people coming to Coors Field aren't going to be saying, I'm here to watch Charlie Black. See some Charlie a Black. majority of people are still saying, I, like no one's going to take, he's got the top spot, right? Story story right now, story in Blackman, right? Yeah. But we know ultimately it's, it's just going to be Blackman for the next year for the most part. And so there's, even if McMahon has a huge second half, People still know Blackman just because yeah. he's been around for a decade at this point. Yeah. Um, and even if they make an off-season sign and go, I don't know who this guy is, but I am here to see Charlie Blackman. And you're right. They're going to be a lot more uh, old man Charlie uh, moments oh, yeah. for, for the Rockies oh, yeah. in our future. All right, I've got one more big cheaty turnaround for you uh, because I couldn't bring myself to pick any specific individual out of the bullpen. I am going to take the Rockies bullpen in general. And we could even just put a pin in this on this date on the 16th and do the ERA to this point and ERA from hereafter. And that's, that's basically what I'm looking for is the B bullpen ERA to be slightly less disastrous than it was in the first half. Now this is an interesting choice because they're probably going to lose a couple of these guys. They should trade the guy who's been far and away their best reliever. That's Michael Gibbons. And I think that that should happen. Um, and I think that it probably will. That said, it's it's much more about the collective for me here. As we've seen, Givens hasn't exactly been able to make the entire unit into a uh, successful one, right? It, <laughs> me and a few guys, uh, whether Bardo's on the team or not, I think actually he's going to be better in the second half. He'll settle in a little bit. Uh, but I do think that, you know, I'm looking more toward guys like Robert Stevenson, Jordan Sheffield, if Carlos Estevez is still around, better second halves and improvement out of guys like Justin Lawrence and Lucas Gilbreth. Um, I, I think all of those cl players collectively are going to be less bad. <laughs> Jacob, how about how about you? King behind the screen. Appreciate your super chat. Yeah, one of one of the um you know, interesting aspects with the bullpen is uh, I think they have the second least amount of innings pitched yeah. uh, out of our third. So, so most or least amount of innings pitched of an NL team and 27th uh, in, in all of baseball. So under, under 300 innings, it's yeah. uh, the third worst uh, in, in, in baseball, only the, the diamondbacks in the NL have been uh, that much worse. So you're right. They've, they've got nowhere to go, but up. Uh, Stevenson being healthy, even, you know, if, if Givens is only is, is around for two more weeks before getting traded, Hey, that's still two more weeks. I, count, of, I get to count those. Yeah. That, that does count. That absolutely counts. So yeah, we'll have to go back. 
uh, and look how the second half is because it really seems like it can't be – it can be worse. Again, <laughs> Rockies fans know that it can be worse. It was worse last year. <laughs> but – and I said, you know, at the beginning of the season, yeah. you know, I was like, what's going to be the surprise of the, te- of the team or what's going to be the best part of the team? Everyone said starting pitching, obviously. I really thought that the relief pitching was going to be sneaky good or had the, at least had the potential for it. Not the, No, we know it had the potential. I straight up said it was going to be pretty good. I thought it was going to be better than the offense, and it absolutely has not, right? There's there's those arms there, and, you know, I, I don't get any points if, if in two years from now you go and look and there's like six, seven, eight guys from this bullpen that are having really solid seasons and go on to have really good careers. I don't get credit for that because I, th- I thought it was going to happen – this year there was that potential and unfortunately it hasn't happened. So uh I obviously I like that for a second half tournament. Right on. All right, do we have another one? We have last one. Is that the end one? Oh yeah, okay. Let's let's do this. Let's go ahead and make sure that we're friend. But but you, you like cans, Patrick? You um you be can guy. Jars oh, can of- guy. All right. When you say cans, it's different than <laughs> I know. can. I up there. It's like, didn't we do the uh, uh, for consuming beverages? Love them. It's one of the only ways I consume said beverages. And of course, big recycler. Oh, no, always. Yeah. I always. Always recycle. recycle. And that's just like our friends at Ball, man. Make, they, they're making the cans. They're recycling the cans. And you can help them make the cans and recycle the cans. You've probably heard of Ball before. And even if you hadn't, you've used their products before. If you've got anything out of an aluminum can or a jar or a lot of glassware, they do some fantastic work. They take care of the environment. They take care of their workers. They make sustainable products. They treat everybody well they pay everybody well apparently um aj also has a, a connection with people that uh, work at ball so we've got all these like personal references to be able to tell people like seriously everyone we know who's worked there or uh been into the factories or, or checked any of it out knows what they're doing down at ball corporation there's a reason they got the naming rights for ball arena out there where the nuggets and avalanche play and everyone was super stoked on it because they're an extraordinary member of the Colorado community, but also of the global community. And you have the opportunity if you're looking for a little bit of work to go right here in golden, just down the road from us here, go check out hashtag work at ball online or apply at their aluminum can plant by texting golden to seven, seven, two, 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 Go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com. Search for golden or simply text golden to 77222 so you can get your can fix. You can be a part of the process helping people everywhere. Cans they need for nice, tasty beverages, but also take care of the environment so that we can do it again in the future. Sustainability here. One of the reasons, one of the reasons why I loved your your bullpen pick to be a bounce back for the second half is because I did select Yancy Almonte to like be that. one of the turnarounds, uh, which isn't a stretch since Talk he does have a up. <laughs> yeah, he does have an ERA north of ten. So uh, I don't mean mean I ten. Uh, I'm not sure that that even goes through Colorado, but it's a, it's a road. Uh, yeah. He's he's he has to bounce back, you know. Two outings since you know getting slapped around by you know the Cardinals uh, a week plus ago in that that six run outing where five earned runs he gave up. You know I think he's he's going to get those opportunities, right? Like you look at some of the young guys where uh, you know, Ben Bowden and Lucas Gilbreth, for example. You know two of the only lefties. They're going to get shuttled up and down. They're kind of the the, the last guy in the bullpen, right? There's, there's not too many options, but when it comes to Monte, uh, he doesn't have those options and he does have this, have that upside and that potential to maybe if he can figure it out, you know, be a future closer, uh, for this organization. I think, you know, he's got a much further way to go and, you know, that's probably not fair to slap that tag on him. Same thing as, as you do with a Justin Lawrence type of saying, ah, oh, future closer. And, uh, if they somehow don't, you know, reach that 
uh, that pinnacle that there's somehow a failure. Obviously, that's not fair, but I just think you know he's gonna have to he's he's going to figure some things out. He's gonna get the opportunity to figure those things out. Um, his kind of breakdown and blow up, as I said, against the Cardinals, kind of comes at a good time where he got this reset. He got a yeah. big reset. Uh, and with the Dodgers series coming up this weekend and then and then against the Mariners before going back on the road allows him to be in, in the the comfortable, maybe not friendly, but the comfortable confines of, of <laughs> cores where he, he's used to pitching. And I just think he, he's going to be that that one guy you can point to and have a notably better second half. I think Stevenson is a guy you pointed out. I think he'll be better. Uh, he, he has to be as well in many ways, but I think yeah. – Almonte is a guy that, you know, if his fortunes happen to change a little bit in the second half, then then all of the bullpen will be that much better for it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And we talked about how difficult it is to make those mechanical adjustments midseason. A little break there is one of the things that allows you to get in some mechanical and bullpen work when you normally wouldn't. So I like that. All right. Well, our you got all your guys in? You got all your turnarounds? The other, the only last one, and I don't need to spend time on it because we talked about it before, was Sensatella. I, yeah, okay, get burned by know. fire, whatever. I, I, I'm not out. I'm not going to just because I was disappointed in his first half. Big things in the second half out of Antonio Sensatella. All right, uh, final segment. Let's wrap it up with looking at uh, final five minutes, wrapping up the division winners. Now, in the National League, you, me, Michaela, we're pretty much similar across the board, right? We had Atlanta, who's not out yet. They did acquire Jack Peterson. They're not tapping out just because Ronald Acuna, you know, their best player is on the IL. They've got some other guys banged up. Ian Anderson, my rookie of the year pick, just went on the IL. That's been disappointing. We all had St. Louis in the Central. I get no credit for mentioning the Brewers and wanting to. No guts, no glory. Nope. We all picked the Dodgers, uh, or you and I picked the Dodgers. Mikhail picked San Diego, but we all picked the Dodgers in San Diego to make the postseason in some capacity. Uh, as far as our final wild card pick, I went Mets. Mikhail went Mets. You went Nationals. So Mets are uh, winning the East as of right now, but the Nationals are still in it. You know, there was some talk that maybe, hey, Scherzer's going to be on the market, but I think the Nationals may be buyers. Uh, they've they're talking with the Nationals. Uh, excuse me, they're talking with the Cubs right now about potentially acquiring Chris Bryant. They just simply don't want to give up uh, some of their top prospects. That include uh, Mr. Cade Cavalli from the University of Oakland. They, they drafted him last year. He was down at the Futures game. So the NL is kind of up for grabs there. We're all pretty much in the same boat as far as feeling good about our selections in the NL. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, San Francisco, none of us had that. Um you know, in the, no one in the world had that. That's <laughs> right, fine. right. Um, and and as far as the rest of them, can't feel too bad about that. Even, you know, and I, I think you're right, Milwaukee's probably got the central, but I'm still not counting St. Louis out. Um, no, no, yeah, none of – there's no pick on here for the NL that you go, yeah. what was happening there? Right. We'll, we'll have one of those for the AL. I've got you covered for that. <laughs> At least one full, of those. I've got you full-on covered in the American League for yeah, what the hell were you on. Here's the AL division winners and wild card. Let's see if you can figure those out. We all had the Yankees. Which, uh, we'll see what they do. The man, yeah. you know, when you're when you're a national team like the Yankees, you are going to be under fire. And yeah, they've had some bad losses. Go back and look at the reaction of John Boy and Jake uh, from Sunday's post game show. Uh, down, you know, up seven two in the ninth. Altuve walks it off, strips it off. Uh, having his jersey pulled from his body, uh, and yet they're over 500. Like they're not. You, <laughs> Rockies fans wish that they had the Yankees team and their record and you know perspective, uh, perspective. So they're not entirely out of it. Uh, I don't know that they're going to win the East. Uh, Boston, another team, almost kind of very yeah. much more overlooked. Yeah. Uh, has the East right now in the central you and Michaela had Minnesota, uh, which was the chalk. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're bad, but they're bad for what me, it was chalk? a little neck and neck. I mean, I, I also have Cleveland as a wildcard team. So I did like Minnesota third. I was a little bit worried about Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz. Some of their older guys on the team. Cruz yes. still did it. He, he made the all-star team. So yeah, he, he's still providing that value. Uh, but the White Sox just look too good 
and yeah. uh, they're they're the leading the Central as of right now. AL West, uh, Houston, Oakland, they're neck and neck. That's been a real exciting battle throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, exchanging spots. The Oakland is definitely not out of it, but feel good about the Houston pick because that was a team that I think a lot of people didn't necessarily expect to go back and, and do it with a lot of some, you know, a lot of their veteran guys, you know, moving on and, and going different places and a lot of names that, you know, weren't household names, but, yeah. you know, were some of these, these younger inexperienced players and prospects that they had, you know, cobbled together during the, during their tanking period, essentially, you know, yeah. Uh, and they're still providing value. So we're, I think we did a good job in, in the AL West. That's still up for grabs. And then the wild card, Cleveland is slowly fading. They're still at about 500, but yeah, there's no. a lot of talk about them uh, dealing away some of their players. They've had a lot more injury issues than, uh, than they would have liked. Tampa Bay, obviously still in the mix. They've got one of the wild cards right now. Yeah, good on you for staying on Tampa Bay. And then um, the Texas Rangers. Drew, Look, I, uh, you if have if the I, floor. If I had taken the Boston <laughs> Red Sox, people at, at, on that day, people would have thought I was crazier than if I had taken the Texas Rangers. And that was the entire – now, go back and listen. I don't know about that, but – Go back and you're listen. You're right. You would have gotten crap for the Red Sox. For taking Texas, which was there's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere that shouldn't be there – Who's there? And I just grabbed. You I closed grabbed, your eyes. You pointed um, and said, "Hey, that's I, a team no one as, sees." <laughs> I may as well have thrown a dart at the board. I really, I, I didn't have any particular great reason for it. It just seemed like a team that has that's been completely not talked about was going to be there. It, but uh, that, and that was where the Cleveland came from, right? That was where the thing of Milwaukee. And in fact, the, there was I, I saw a graphic yeah. recently that. If you look at the the division winners from last season, which was sixty games, but still, yeah, the the division winners this year all different. Yeah, all right. different. So no, yeah. one, as of right now, no one is even going back to repeating. And again, right. that's the that's the beauty of baseball. That's why all of these little moves. I mean, shoot, even just looking up and down the Rockies roster, how many non roster invites ended up making the team? And yes, say what you will about you know what that means in the larger picture, but still. You just don't know that that's one of the beautiful things with baseball is you can always be surprised. You go to the ballpark. You never know what's going to happen. Yada, yada, yada. Baseball. baseball. We love it. It's the best. <laughs> uh, that one is obviously the dumbest pick of any of these. Clearly the, that Texas pick was the dumbest one. Look, if you had gone with the Yamiuri Giants, that would have been worse. So I'm trying to make you feel better because they're not in, in the league. They're they're They play in a different country. That would have been worse. So right. you know what? You didn't do – you didn't do that bad. How about I'd have picked those Giants before. I'd have picked the San Francisco Giants <laughs> to win the NL West. We there spent like 12 podcasts arguing with each other over the Dodgers and the Padres and the Padres and the Dodgers and the Dodgers and the Padres. The Giants were like. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, the Giants game. just walk right by. They, yes. they, they created a scene, right? Like, hey, what's going on over there? That's the, that's the diamond heist is everyone's over here focused right. on this thing and here the Giants are, like, are in. Why? Because they made a big acquisition, because they did a bunch of smart front office stuff. No, because Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford are good again. <laughs> and Kevin Gossman is great. And the, Kevin Gossman bet on himself yeah. and said, yeah, I am going to stay here in San Francisco. I'm, right. I'm comfortable. And he, uh, yeah, he's gearing up for a big second half. He gets to start today and and actually opted to not pitch again. That was a another piece yeah. that uh, recently came out and speaking with him over the All Star break. Chris Bassett started on Sunday, pitched in the All Star game. Kevin Gossman started on Sunday and said, "No, I'm oh, I'm trying to go out there and win the NL West and yeah. uh, and maybe maybe even a Cy Young award. And wouldn't that be a story? Colorado kid possibly winning the Cy Young award. He's got a sub two ERA. Drew, keep your eye on Kevin Gossman." Sign award. If, we'll see. If Jacob Degrom gets hurt, it's possible. <laughs> He's been known to do that. And I, 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 fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. He's in the running. I'm not. I no, no, right. obviously. I, I would. There, there, it's you. You're my, right. It can't just be a one man race. Yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll go ahead and for every dollar I bet, I win. You know, half of a cent. Yeah. I'm still going to take Jacob Degrom, Jacob DeGrom. Right. But you know what? Hey, if you want to feel good story and then maybe longer yeah, and better odds, so cool. Kevin Gossman 
I love Grandview it. High School, Aurora, Colorado. Love it. You can read all about it on the DNVR.com. Patrick has been writing banger after banger this week. You got to get on there, check out all the written content uh, covering All Star Week, all that stuff. Those things I was mentioning coming up here about Austin Gomber and Jonathan Dawson. I'm not done with All Star Week either, and really the the aftermath and ramifications and 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 the deeper meaning behind uh, what this week has meant to baseball uh, in this community. And so subscribe to the DNVR.com so you can check out all that stuff. So you can be one of the more active members of this baseball community. Uh, saw a couple of, I think our guy, Sean, who was up here in the comments earlier, found his way into the discord finally for the first time today. We're super excited to have your voice as a part of it, man. Everybody in there in the discord making things happen. There's going to be a lot going on. We're going to be trading a bunch of fantasy deals back and forth with each other for the, what do you guys think of this? What do you, what do you think of this one? How about this one? Uh, it's going to be great, great fun in the discord channel. Come hang out with us in there. And you'll again, get that free shirt when you sign up for the annual follow everyone on social media at Drew Creaseman at Patrick B. Lyons at DNVR underscore Rockies. Do subscribe on the YouTube, click the bell icon. So, you know, when we're going live, all that stuff. So you can get involved here with the chat live. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening into this episode. We hope that we, you will continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.